Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track podcast. How you doing? It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sat down with Willie J. Healy. Um, Willie's about to release his uh, album on Yellow Records and I couldn't have been more happy to sit and chew the fat with him. Um, we have a good chat, we talk about um, growing up, we talk about school, all the usual stuff and uh, when it gets to the song about clubbing, we've got a very, very unique answer for you. Um, so you're going to really enjoy this. Before we get on... Uh, with this episode, just quickly, big thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, massive thanks to uh, 76 for producing this podcast. Um, also, thanks to uh, Tim for facilitating this interview. Um, and uh, also, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, uh, then um, why not have a look in the archive when you're finished? And uh, because there's about 150 episodes now with some of your favourite musicians, actors, comedians, DJs, producers. So go and have a little look in the uh, archive and I'm sure you'll find something there uh, you're going to enjoy listening to. Um, if that's not enough, I also have a Patreon page where each week I put up standalone episodes over there as well. So you can go and get some more stuff for your ear holes there. And by doing that, you also support the podcast. Um, so... Yeah, you can find out about all of this at um, offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. And if you can find us also on all the social media outlets. And uh, so we put up lots of quirky little videos and bits and pieces over there as well. So, um, yeah, give us a like, love, share, retweet, all of that stuff. Anyway, let's get on with it. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Willie J. Healy. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. 
I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast. And sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom. Hello, Willie, you all right? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. I should introduce you properly. It's uh, Willie J. Healy. <laughs> um, appreciate your time today, mate. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me on. So I'm going to ask you, um, before we, we, we get onto the playlist, um, have you been dealing with, with lockdown as, uh, as a normal person and as a creative? It's been, um, yeah, pretty, pretty good on the whole, I think. Um, I've had my moments. It seems to be one week I've felt really good about things. You know, I've been like started running again, um, started painting fish. Um, Specifically fish? Uh, yes. Uh, Pictures of fish or painting it, actual fish? Exclusively paint. Nice. This week I'll be just miserable and bored and not quite sure what to do with myself. But um, on the whole, pretty good. Um, I literally just moved to Bristol before everything went into full lockdown. And thank God I got all of my um, home recording stuff in in time because I yeah. think if I, if I wasn't able to feel like I was being productive, I probably would have got depressed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you been pretty proactive then like um, with music as well? Yeah, I've been doing as much as I can. I'm not sure if I've been as um, prolific as normal, but I'm not sure if that's just because I've got more time and I feel like I'm not doing enough. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to keep busy. I've been recording and writing and stuff. And um, the past couple of weeks have been great because I've been able to have some, you know, like the odd person over to, to help me out on them, which yeah, has nice. been, yeah, I miss that a lot. Okay. Well, let's get on with a playlist. Um, we always start with um, the first track has to be the song with the greatest ever intro. Uh, Grover Washington. Sorry, that was my dad just calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Grover Washington Jr., uh, just the two of us, I think, for me. Okay. Well, um, explain what you love about that intro. It's just so sexy. <laughs> um, it's just like the most sexy intro ever, I think, and it's quite. 
uh, feel like it's very un- like doesn't really lend itself to the idea of everything needs to come in at once because of to get you know radio play and stuff mm. like that. It, it's a bit of a slow builder, and the track itself, like in full, in its full length, is something like seven minutes long. Yeah, but um, it's an absolute classic, and for it to have a slow building intro, I think yeah. is iconic. I get the sexiness. I get it. It's almost like, um, I mean, Grover Washington Jr. and Bill Weathers, I don't think they had sex. I think they made love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's music to make I love to. <laughs> absolutely. Very, very smooth. Yeah, it's very, very smooth. Um, you you um, uh, touched on something there when you, you you mentioned radio wasn't a consideration when they wrote that. Um, mm. So I always like to ask uh, musicians on here um, how, how how much emphasis you put on an intro when you're writing, and are these sorts of things a consideration like radio, the way that the music is so accessible and disposable in this day and age where where this you know constant nudges on Spotify and YouTube that if you like this, you will like this, you know, how much of that is a consideration when you're writing records? Well, I think when I, like a couple of years ago, I would have been something I would have at least had in the back of my mind because I feel like it's one of the industry classics, like things to do as a manager. And it's like, make sure the sun comes in straight away or we won't get radio play. Yeah. Um, so when I started out, it was something I was kind of aware of and I would maybe try to get things kind of flowing earlier in a track. But yeah. more and more nowadays, I don't, I, I'm not thinking about that at all, really. And um, for me, the minute I start thinking about that stuff, it's like the magic's kind of gone or I'm too aware of, of everything going on and it's kind of just never really works. Um and I think with things like Spotify now, it's, you know, it's like in a way like the new radio getting playlisted on Spotify and things like that. And I must say on, on those playlists, like there was such a, an eclectic mix of songs that to me, the ones that stand out are the slightly different ones and that the oddballs yeah. that have the slow intros and stuff. So actually I've been kind of trying to do the opposite lately, just thinking like, how can I make this different to, your three your three minute like radio classic yeah okay that's interesting um track two willie i'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you um has to be um philosopher's stone by van morrison okay i'm not i'm not quite sure why why that one comes to mind i mean i remember hearing that one all the time and my sister's actually here she just come to see me in bristol I think we'd both agree that it was one of the songs that was always being played by my mum and dad, or maybe just my dad. Um, and yeah, it's just quite a nostalgic song. And I think the type of song that it is mixed with the age I was when I first noticed that I was hearing it um, just makes me feel very nostalgic. And when I listen to it now, it takes me back to the first house I lived in, in um, Carton, playing with my action men on the stairs. And what would that emotion be, Willie? Just a good, like, kind of feel good. Um, like, we would always have the front door open and the sun would be coming in. It's just a good feeling. Yeah. 
So, aside from uh, from Van Morrison, growing up, was there was there always music on at home? Yeah, always. Um, I've got two older sisters, so if it wasn't my mum and dad's um, CD collection, it was my sister's collection, which was consisted mostly of like early two thousands rap, um, Limp Biscuit. Um, and then all the way to the smooth, like jagged edge stuff, TLC and all of that. Was such a great period in like pop music. Um, so I do have a bit of a soft spot for like smooth R and B. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was always it was always on. What it about the folks? In... What did the folks play? My dad, my dad really loves Neil Young and like kind of seventies rock. Really. Um, my mum liked stuff like Erica Badu and she'd always listen to like Mary J. Blige live albums and stuff, which at the time I, I didn't dislike, but I didn't really understand. But now like recently I went home and she had it on and I was thinking that's such a weird little niche yeah. thing to be into, like singing along to all of the, um, like, it, like she even knows the chat between songs. Yeah. It'd be like, New York City. One of them singing all of the weird little bits that that were just live, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that that kind of stuff. So was you was you obsessing over music at a young age? No, not really. I, I used to like sport more. Um, we I played a lot of football, and um, music was just always on. And it was we would. I remember me and me, Mill and Harry, my sisters, would always be singing along to our favourite songs without saying swear words. Um, but it wasn't something I was obsessed with, I don't think. I think I was more obsessed with attention. Would we agree on that? I just yes. liked attention. So any if it meant that singing along to a song word for word meant that I got a bit more attention, then I would do that. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I was obsessed with music back then. Okay. Well, we we, we dig a little bit deeper into uh you, you as a young man on the next question, um, which is a song that reminds you of your time at school. Um, oh, what was what was my track for this? Um, I think it was Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones. I mean, what was uh, going on at school to be listening to Ruby Tuesday by the Stones? I know. Well, I was just it. I, I was. A, it was a golden period in history at school because. They had just, at my school, they just relaxed their rules on headphones in class, which might sound like a very insignificant detail, but to a 13-year-old, being able to legally listen to music in class without getting thrown out of a lesson was like, that was a life changer. I mean, I'm old as fuck, so I'm now really, really surprised. What, let's clear this up. You could listen to music in lessons. Yeah, so really? once you Yeah, once you had taken on board the main kind of the teacher's part of the lesson and you were set to the work, you could put your headphones in and listen to whatever you wanted. Mate, that's a game changer. Yeah, maybe I went to a very terrible school. Don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a if that's a global thing or if that was just at the school I was at, but I think what obviously people started we would all have our head, like one headphone in subtly and you'd sit kind of like this. Yeah. And obviously the teachers got so sick of it that they were just like, if it means you're going to shut up and get on with your work, 
then you can do what you want. Just listen to your music. So, and at that point I just, I think it was still Apple music or I had, it was still iPads. So you didn't have all your music on your phone. You had like, you had your dad's, I had my dad's iPad, uh, iPod, sorry. Like those little iPods. And, um, he had the, I think it's the greatest hits of Rolling Stones. I can't remember what which one, but it's basically got all of the bangers on it. 40 licks. But I thought, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I thought that was just an actual album, yeah. like a studio album. So and I ain't a bad album Stones. if it was. <laughs> Honestly, I thought they were like, obviously they are one of the greatest bands, but I thought that they, that was a, a real album and it had all of those songs on it. So I was just... <laughs> that's with, some concept with, album right there. <laughs> yeah. I would just rinse that all the time. But actually, funny little side note is that I didn't know, I didn't, back then I didn't know about panning, the panning of recording. So I'd be sat in a lesson with one headphone in and I'd just oh, be yeah. getting the jacket. Ooh, ah, ooh, oh, <laughs> And I used to think this is such a crazy like mix of this song. <laughs> it wasn't until like years later that I was cycling home and I would put the, both headphones in and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it's come alive. Like, what's that? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> yeah, you... um, yeah, sorry, go on. Did you enjoy school? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had like, you know, a good time. I didn't, I kind of, um, which I cruised through school. I have very supportive parents. I'm the youngest of three, so it's kind of like anything I wanted to do, I got to do. My parents had relaxed by the time they'd got to me. And at that point, throughout school, I'd started boxing um, and seriously started it like I was doing it for six years. So I did it all through secondary school, which meant that every evening I was out um, boxing. I trained every night and I never did any homework. Um, which is, I mean, like, I think it's very, it's a very cool parenting style. But I suppose others would look at that and say that's quite irresponsible. But I would just go and do boxing all night, and then I would be knackered. And when I got to school, and I would never get in trouble for not have, having ever done any of my homework because yeah. I think the teachers has had obviously just given up on on it. And um, yeah, it was great. I, I really, I really enjoyed school. I Do you think still I was box? Quite no, no, I stopped when I. Funnily enough, I stopped when I finished school. Yeah, um, and that's when music took over. But uh, do you miss it? Mm, I, I'm still waiting for the for the moment where I'm like, oh, I really miss that. I haven't had yeah. it. Like, it was strange when I first stopped because it took up so much of my time that it was almost too good to be true when I wasn't doing it. I thought like, surely there's something really hard I have to do. Yeah. Um, but I miss, I do miss the training and I miss the kind of the being in the gym with, with people yeah. like the fun bit. I don't miss all the hard work in the early morning runs and, yeah. you know, oh, you, not, you, you were not, seriously dedicated then. Yeah. Not eating what you want to eat and stuff yeah. like that. After a while, you just, yeah, I think that's why you see so many boxers when they retire, they just get really fat. Yeah, yeah, little prince of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that. That's the one thing that I've missed during lockdown is is not being able to do any pad work. I miss it so much. It's like it's my my one thing where I can switch off and nothing matters. You know, if I spar yeah. or pad work, it's my whole concentration is on that, and it's the only time. It sounds weird, like, but you probably understand when you spar you don't think about anything else 
or you're going to no. get smacked around the chop. So you have to be in that moment totally focused. And that is yeah. like my pure escapism. And like I don't get yeah. that from records. I don't get that from anything else other than that. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. It's like I think if you told someone that had never tried it or never done it, they wouldn't understand. But it's kind of like meditation in a totally. way. Totally. Because you're focused on – you're not really able to focus on one thing in particular either because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. To kind of get to this zone where your mind is completely empty, mm. it's yeah, it's quite amazing, and also it's a totally solo mission, isn't it? You know, you haven't Completely. got to worry about anyone else. You're you're on your own, doing your own thing in there, and I I think people always laugh because I, I we've said it before, but it's like there's something really wholesome about being uh, in a controlled environment, being punched in the face. Yeah, I think it's a really grounding experience to have. Hundred percent. Hundred um, percent. You know, not that I'd want to be punched in the face while walking along the road. No, that's um, different. <laughs> that's very different. But if I agreed to it, and there's consent involved, then I, it's quite a good little reset. Completely, <laughs> completely. Um, so you mentioned earlier uh, you loved a bit of attention. So was you a confident kid? Um, I was confident at home, and. I would say quite shy. Like when I started school, I would cry every day when my mum and dad would leave me there. And I was the one running along every single window, waving them goodbye. Yeah. Um, so I was confident at home in my own little universe. But I think when I got into kind of more real life situations, I was actually quite shy. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why my mum and dad thought that something like boxing might be good for me because I just didn't have much confidence. Um, Did that give you confidence? Yeah, definitely. And it was, and it scared the hell out of me as well. I think usually I would avoid, obviously try and avoid any type of activity that would scare me. Um, and I, so I played football um, initially and I think I was just really shy and never really made any, when I first started football, I think my dad was just a bit like, what, what's wrong with this? This boy, like, if something doesn't go right, he cries in front of everyone and, like, you know, and then so he took took me boxing and and um, and that's exactly what happened. When I first went, I would cry. I'd say I couldn't do it or, like, I was kind of scared. Yeah, I would throw up. I was get, I'd get so nervous I'd throw up every session. But after a while, it all went away and I, and I kind of became, yeah, kind of got, got used to it all. And yeah. Uh, I do think I do think boxing definitely has shaped my life and is still something I I use de- daily. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Track four, first song you remember buying from a record shop? I I think I just started uh, college. I'd started a diploma in Oxford doing music, and uh, there was a HMV in the centre of town and Bombay had just released that their was it their first album or second album I had the blues but I shook them loose I think that's what it's called yeah and I went in and I wanted to buy something I didn't know what to buy and all my friends like that so I bought that and um yeah I just remember playing it a lot yeah that's a good uh, album. That's, that's a good record for your first record it's quite solid isn't it like I wish I, I wish it would have been something funnier um but i'm not and now i'm not a massive like you know i like that album Hmm. and i like bombay but i'm not a huge bombay fan yeah but at the time i really loved it 
Yeah. So as a as an artist signed to an independent label, and ha- how are you finding? And and what is your thoughts on independent record shops now? Well, I think they're amazing and they're crucial to people, well, to everyone, everyone releasing music, really, like big artists and small artists. I feel like every in like uh, record shop is kind of independent nowadays. Like I know you've got your your rough trades, which are a bit bigger, but they do feel like a niche. Mm. Um, and yeah, kind of, I'm not sure how they it's a bit of a miracle that they still exist in such a kind of digital time where everything is free. Um, the concept of going, going and buying something that you can listen to timeless amounts of time. Like, you know, you can listen to them thousands of time for nothing. Yeah. is quite mad, but there's nothing like having a physical album. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope they can weather the storm of everything going on at the minute. Mm, completely. Um, I mean, how much have you been sort of playing and stuff? What at home? Gigging. Like... Oh well, yeah, we've been gig- we've done a fair amount of gigging over the past couple of years, um, like kind of mixed with support tours and stuff like that. We've never been on on a massive tour. Mm. Um, never toured in Europe yet, which is something I really want to do um, as soon as possible, but. Over the past maybe year, and obviously with with everything going on uh, with the lockdown and stuff, we we haven't we haven't really toured much at all this year, and it, and I probably won't be. It'll be like next year until we actually get to play. Yeah, I've tried my best not to think about it. Yeah, because I was hoping I was hoping to be really busy this year. Yeah, um, like I'm sure like everyone else was. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, let, let's move on to the question that I've been uh, looking forward to uh, asking you. Uh, the song that soundtracked uh, your time clubbing. Yeah, I've never been clubbing. Right. Okay. So th- this, <laughs> th- this is a first. <laughs> and and you're one of probably one of the youngest people I've ever had on this podcast. So you should be you should be knee deep in it by now. And when I say clubbing, that doesn't necessarily mean them kind of chromy kind of high street clubs. You know, it can be. You know, you, you, a dirty, sweaty indie club in a pub or whatever. Like, yeah, no, I've no, <laughs> I, I think a bit like I wouldn't. I would, you know, Michael Jackson isn't a good person to compare yourself to. But I've always just been. I was quite busy as a teenager, and then when I finished college, I, I started working for my dad, and I just never. I'm, I'm from like a town that's maybe. I'm making excuses now. There aren't any excuses. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's I'm just, all right not to like clubbing. That's fine. My sister just said I'm not very cool, which is probably quite accurate. Like I just never bought into it and never enjoyed it. I went I went into a club once, actually. So I, lied. I did go into a club once and I was with all my old school friends. And I remember being in there for about five minutes and one of them said, what, what would you like to drink? And I, and I told him and he went to get me a a beer and I left before he came back. Why? He, he went to because I just didn't like it. What? What didn't you like? I didn't. It sounds really bad. I didn't like the people. I get that. <laughs> That's fine to say that. 
it's just the club just seemed to be full of morons to me at that point. Like now, now obviously I don't see things like that, but um, this particular club was very lo- small town, local little club. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just like, I just didn't want to be there to the point where it made me feel depressed being yeah. inside it. And uh, yeah. And after that, I think I probably wrongly assumed that all clubs were like that. Yeah. Um, it's ruined it for you. <laughs> it ruined it for me. Yeah. Actually, even when I was at primary school, there would be a Friday night disco and you couldn't get me to go. I just wouldn't go. Yeah. I don't know why. I didn't like anything like that, kind of any yeah. social dance-off event or anything, you know? Like, Are you I a dancer? Do you like to dance? I do like to dance, yeah, but I've never I've never done it in front of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Only on stage. Brilliant. All right. <laughs> well, look, let's, let's put that question to bed. Uh, track six, favourite song from an artist from your home county? Um... Oh, uh, XTC, um, Making Plans for Nigel. What a record. Just blew my mind. I only found out a couple of years ago that they were from um, a place called Swindon, I think. Well, near Swindon. And I I live, the town I'm from is between Oxford and Swindon. So depending on how fancy you want to sound, you could either say, oh, yeah, I like to live by Oxford, or you could say I live by Swindon. Yeah. And generally, like, if you say, oh, you live by Swindon, where, like, in that area, people go, like, ooh, nice. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, I, did, I had no clue that they were from that area. Yeah. Um, I, it's just a banger, isn't it? It's it's incredible. Incredible band. Like, uh, yeah, what a band. Um, so, it, it, do, you, do you feel like that, that your home county is something that defines you in a way then? Um, or your hometown, I, I should it, say. Yeah, I think it's maybe, it has, and I really love it. Uh, lots of people fr- from the town I'm from would probably talk down upon it and say like, oh yeah, the sooner you get out of here, the better kind of thing. But I've always really loved it and kind of, I actually found it really hard to leave. Um, and I think, there's obviously something said for being from a scene in a city and like, you know, being around lots of other people that are, that are like-minded like you and want to do the same thing and you're part of a community. But there's also something quite creative about not having that. And I mean, I'm sure there are other people playing instruments in where I'm from, but I never heard of them. And it kind of meant that you had to make your own fun and you had to do your own thing and, I've ne- I never ended up kind of belonging to a certain sound. You know, you'd say like, oh, East London at a certain point would have had this cool sure. sound going on or Brighton had this thing. But, you know, Carton in Oxfordshire, the only sound going on was the sound of the RAF bass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think it shaped me and it's made me feel quite independent. And, um, you know, you get to dip into all these little scenes and before you know it, you don't really belong to anything, but you, you feel like you're in all of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope, I hope it has. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding 
playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And search Off The Beat and Track Podcast. And you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Last question, Willie. A song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. This uh, sounds it really bad now. We're in so place. shameless, mate. <laughs> I would like people to listen to my song. <laughs> because I feel like Many people probably haven't heard it yet, and they might like it. Okay, tell us about it. <laughs> uh, it's a song that came together in the very cliche, like, oh, we all just got in the studio and started jamming, and then before you know it, it was done. Um, which I can't say for many of my other songs, but for that song, that is kind of how it happened. And um, I was in New York with um, producer... The, the guy that produced the album Lauren Humphrey and we had a bit of spare time so he said oh I'll get my why don't I get some of my friends from New York to come into the studio and we'll just you know experiment and little did I know that all of his friends are like amazing musicians um and we just we just started playing and they and the tape started rolling and then that was it it, it was done and I think that to me is something I've always wanted to do and something I've read about and you kind of dream of, and I think maybe when you're young, or if you don't, re- if you've never been in a studio, you, you don't realise that that's not really how it happens yeah. all the time anymore. So yeah, I'm very proud of that song, and um, it makes me feel good when I listen to it. It's out on Yellow Records. So on Yellow Records, yeah, it's the first song on my album Twin Heavy, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, it's quite different to some of the other tracks, obviously, because we just got together and did it with no plans and but it just felt like one that was undeniable and we had to get it on there so 
Wonderful. If people want to find out more about you and where they can get your records and stuff, where's the best place to go, Willie? Probably Instagram. I do have a website and stuff. So if you just search Willie J Healy, you'll find you'll find something. But I predominantly use Instagram. Wonderful. Well, if it's cool with you, when I put this out, I'll tag you in everything. So uh, so Willie. you can uh, yeah spread the love. Um, Willie, thanks so much for your time today, mate. And best of no, luck with the record. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. No worries. Take it easy, buddy. See you soon. Cool. Bye. There you have it. Willie J. Healy, the first person that's never been clubbing. Well, sort of has been clubbing to the point where, yeah, I'll have a pint and then left. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – and, and also, as I mentioned, like one of the youngest guests we've probably had on the podcast. And so you'd imagine, you know, clubbing would be rife. But, uh, no, love it. I love these unique answers and, uh, yeah, somebody that wants to do their own thing. Um, really interesting um, – I got excited when boxing come into the conversation um, and lovely to hear our, you know, some of the things that he learned there have, have, have shaped him and, and stay with him to this day. I find that sort of thing really interesting. And, uh, and yeah, go and support, um, you know, independent labels, artists and record shops. So go and buy uh, Willie's record. And that's, that's all from me, I think. Is it? Yeah, it is. Definitely. Right. I'm back next week. In the meantime, why not head over to www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com and go and have a little rummage around the archive, see if there's some episodes you may have missed, um, or why not sign up and support the, po- uh, the podcast on Patreon, um, where you get loads of other episodes uh, and access to about another 100 episodes over there that have never been released to the general public. I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to go and have a cup of tea. I'll see you next time. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah? Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's... Interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Me, stew with him. Eat a monkey.